Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that just might be too beautiful to live. In Lincoln Park, Michigan, I'm your host, Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, and joining me today in the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike the Jail Dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hello, Meredith. Hello, everybody. Hey, y'all. Did you know that this is our 300th episode? What? Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? We're old. We're aging quickly. <laughs> Expiration fast approaching. It's amazing that we've gotten this far. Um, it's amazing that we didn't really realize it until this week and we're not doing anything special. So <laughs> <laughs> this week, we've got the same old LRB business for you. We're going to run through our week in review. We will slap on our rubber gloves for some housekeeping and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Um, first up in LRB, LRB business, we have to talk about our Friday show for a second. This is a, a clip show that explored some of the highlights of the TBTL players and had a special surprise at the end if you listen through. Anne, can you tell us a little more about that? Um, yes, highlights and lowlights, I think, of the TBTL <laughs> players throughout the years. Um, and then we had uh, an appearance by the the thespian troupe that we can afford, not the TBTL players, obviously, but uh, the, the LRB players made an appearance and did their level best. They were not as horrible as I thought I was they impressed. were going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only somewhat embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects were on point, though, I got to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They were they were great yeah. with the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Whoever does their sound and lighting, because there was a raise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was so I I had a good time doing that show and talking with Meredith and Christy about our own theater experiences. Oh, I gotta say shout out to Kathy, who said she was also a lighting person, too. So that makes three of us, nice. Meredith, awesome. three lady lighters, I guess. Mike, is this allowed? <laughs> How do you feel about this? Um, Y'all can uh, y'all can do the lighting. I was the. Uh... I was a child actor in the oh, community yeah. theater. You were the talent, capital the T. Scenes. I was talent for a year and a half, two years when um, my eyes started to go bad and I didn't realize it. And so I thought I was just sucking at sports. So uh, like I couldn't play baseball and basketball anymore very well because I didn't know that it was because I couldn't see. And then one day um, after I'd gotten into the theater a little bit, I was in at school and a teacher noticed that I was squinting to see the board. And she goes, hey, I think you need glasses. And so I got myself some glasses and then I quit the theater and went back. And <laughs> so it was just a stopgap so, to keep you busy. It was. It was something that was like, hey, I can do this. You know, like I used to be able to play sports. I can actually act. So I'll do that. And then when, when sports became available, a viable option for me again, when I wasn't striking out all the time because I just couldn't see the baseball. Um, I went back. Boy, it must be nice to have the choice to be a star in, in several arenas that you can I didn't pick. say star. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say star. I did play a black uh, 
black kid in one oh, um, no. theater production. What? Mainly because um, the play was in Bellevue. It was at the Village Theater at Crossroads. It was a dinner theater. Um, and I played a black kid because no black kids um, turned out. There were like 30 kids that went out for the play. And there were no black kids in Bellevue. So... Uh, they just put a black wig on me and they called it a day. They didn't put a no. black face on you, I hope. No, they didn't put a black. Fortunately, there was no black face. Something. The, the play was called Thieves. I can't remember who wrote it. but I feel like the decision should have been made higher up the decision-making process chain when they were maybe considering what play to do and be like, well, we're in Bellevue, so maybe we shouldn't do a play that has roles for black people yeah. in it. The only black kids that were in Bellevue were the um, the sons and daughters of the uh, Seattle Supersonics basketball players who could afford the houses <laughs> in Bellevue. And they were playing And they, none of them were they in They were not the in theater because <laughs> they could have glasses. Right. Well, someday I would like to go back to the theater. My one true goal in this life is to play Miss Hannigan in Annie before I die. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen. I would happen, love to see that. that something that i desperately want to do so maybe the lrb players could do a scene and and uh give you some inspiration to get back into the game all i need to do is watch carol burnett in the 1982 movie of annie because oh my god she's the best best. thing i've ever seen in that movie she's so good one of the best comedians of all time yep well, that's incredible. Um, <laughs> you guys need to go back and listen to that show if you haven't already. Um, Mike, I understand you might have a, a stump date for us. I do have a stump date. I'm getting very close to being up on two sticks. I've been casted for my second prosthetic, and I should be going in this week um, and placing my leg inside of a uh, a sample, which is like a very hard plastic thing, uh, mold that they're going to make for me. And if that fits, they're going to let me keep it while they make the carbon fiber one. So it's possible that by the end of this week, I'll at least be up on a walker trying to, you know, get my balance together. Um, one interesting thing about this, I mean, I was asking him a lot, the the guy, the guy that I'm working with, I was asking him a lot of questions. And one of the things that he suggested that I might do is um, become a little shorter because it'll be better for my... Oh, balance. lower Ooh. center of gravity. So yeah. I'm very conflicted about that <laughs> because the last time I got up on my on my other stick and my and my remaining bad foot that was still on my body, uh, I remember it's like, I, I forgot I was tall. I kind of like it again to be tall. And it was fun to be able to reach everything in the house and all that. But I don't know how short they want to go with me, but I've I don't want to be shorter than my wife. Well, you've been sure. you've been very short for for the past many months. So I think kind of maybe any leg would be an improvement. <laughs> any, anything's going to be yeah. tall. It's all yeah. relative. Yeah. I don't know. Traditionally, you have been very dismissive of short men. I so. know. My whole family, it, my dad really hates short people. I've always mm. hated him. Men. Short men, by the way. Short men. Ladies, you're fine. Short men, I hate you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um yeah it's it's interesting i don't i think initially i'm gonna try to go back to my regular height and see if my balance is fine and if if i'm struggling at all you know maybe we'll we'll jack it down a little but not too far because i think anything under like 
I need, oh, well, actually, Emily's 5'9", so that's going to be it. I'm not going to go any lower than her. Can't you get adjustable legs? You can just have you like mean a, change change my height every like day. Hydraulics? Yeah, like a, like, like a if tel- I want to drywall tomorrow, I I, I was just, just thinking a, a, a telescoping part where you just could slide it up or slide it down a little bit. You know, tighten the knob and like go go gadget legs. Sure, I think you have to have a technician do do that. I don't think they let people um, do that on their own. It seems like a liability issue. Oh, no, it sounds like a racket. They're like, no, only we can make those adjustments. (laughs) Did you know that everything in the process is no charge except for the actual um, uh, piece of equipment? So I can go back there every day for adjustments if I want to or need to. It's all inclusive. It's like it's like when you go on one of those cruises, you can just eat as much as you want. You know, I can have as many leg adjustments as I want. (laughs) If I want to drive to Round Rock every day. Well, keep us updated, Mike. I really am curious to, to hear how this goes. I do have a question for you. Um, while mm-hmm. you've been waiting for the second leg, what have you been doing with the first one? I wear my prosthesis a lot. When I'm in the mountain room, I take it off. And when I'm sleeping, I take it off. But other than that, I wear it because it helps me um, get around the house. I use it as, you know, a brake and an accelerator for my progress. Sure. Around. Oh, okay. That's good. That probably, that makes sense. Because I was worried that like, oh, is that mm-hmm. one going to not fit anymore or if you haven't worn it in a long time? Yeah, I'm in my second one, my second socket on that one because your leg shrinks so much during the process. So uh, I got into my first socket like back in April, last April, and I ended up um, with 17, 18 ply of sock and then I got a new basket that fit perfectly and now i've stalled out at 11 ply of sock in this one so um i'm pretty much shrunk as much as i'm going to shrink now on that side so i'm in a more or less a permanent one on my right with 11 ply of sock in there are you going to keep it with 11 ply or are you going to just go adjust one more so that you don't have to put on a dozen socks every day well no they they they, i have these things that i i put on a five of uh oh okay two okay. fives and a one okay yeah. so this is like a so measurement exactly. of sock width or thickness or something yeah exactly. i've never heard of that yeah you get a sack full of them and then i with a permanent marker because they um because you're supposed to identify by these faded colors so i just permanently put um a five a three and a one on all these socks and then you can make any combination um to to get it up there and i think when i get my second socket for my new leg um i'll probably update the one on the right as well because we got to sell that goddamn house or we just we just don't have any money right right now Mm. and nobody seems in a hurry to fix that slab okay um and i understand that we may have a jam tracker update we don't we don't (laughs) no (laughs) oh it's left over okay um let me take that off the run sheet sure we, we won't be getting any contributions from any short fellows this week. I, I know that for sure. <laughs> okay, maybe we should do throw your phones instead. <laughs> um, we don't have any general throw your phones. All right, we'll cover throw your phone during the week. Okay. Yeah, let me really strike it out. Let me clarify. There are plenty of throw your phones, but they uh-huh. are all about very specific subjects this week. Phones were thrown. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. All right. Mine too. Well, I know there were three um behind the show that i'm about to review that's monday 
2574. Cats wide shut. Luke and Andrew are both in Wallingford. Yeah. <laughs> Luke and Andrew are both in Wallingford. Um, Luke struggles with the uh, po' boy in two ways. The first being it's delicious, delicious uh, carbohydrates. And second way in how he pronounces um, po' boy. And that leads us to our fir- first and probably quickest throw your phone in show history. Um, it's from Danny. And he says, all caps, no, 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 no. Luke, you cannot call it a poor boy. It's a po' boy. As I head to Popeye's to get me one. And I've had a Popeye's one recently, and, and it is better than any po' boy I've had in Austin. Really? So, um, yeah, they are they're they do a really nice job with it. Emily likes the chicken at, at Popeye's. I'm not a, much of a fan, so I got the po' boy and... It was outstanding. I got a fish po' boy there, but they do have shrimp. Uh, I don't think they have oysters. Popeye's knows what they're um, doing with biscuits too. Yeah, those biscuits. Yeah, that, that's a that's a fortunate thing because Emily doesn't like their biscuits, oh, and so I get her biscuit every time. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're a loss. So <laughs> this morning I was imagining, I was imagining someone like Luke, not Luke himself, but like Luke and his wife visiting New Orleans. And, um, I was just picture, I was picturing him walking into a, a, a po' boy shop and, and I just started doing a voice and Emily liked it. So, you know, here's, here's the scene, uh, the Luke ish person and his wife walk in and they say, well, hello, Monshar, <laughs> my wife and I being from Oregon and Nevada respectively, <laughs> Are new to NOLA. We were able to sample some delicious bayonets with our coffee this morning, and the Garcon who served them told us there is another regional delight we really must try while visiting the Large Easy. If you could kindly set us up with one shrimp and one oyster, poor boy, we will gladly tip generously. You made a face. Did I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable? I was pretty mad yeah. about this i think everybody was it's the name of the right, sandwich no. it is the name of the fucking sandwich <laughs> if you want it say the name if you if you're too much of a pussy don't get it sorry i'm pretty mad well obviously the solution is that luke can never get one and never talk about mm-hmm. it because yeah. there's just simply no way for him to navigate this minefield well, this is how I behave when there's something on a menu that is called something silly or is sometimes if I really mm-hmm. want it, I will just point and I'll say, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. this, but this is what I want. Like if it's a if it's a foreign word, I have never heard. But if it's named sil- something silly, I will just refuse. It doesn't matter how much I want it. I'm yeah, not right. saying, yes, I'll please have the moons over my hammy. I'm just not saying it. I'll have a muffaletta instead. <laughs> oh, I'll order that all day. I love those things. Yeah. Uh, we did do a poll on the LRB page, and I looked to make yes, sure that we had a good sample size. I believe we had 88 replies. Uh, 97% said it's po' boy, and 3% <laughs> said poor boy. And I think those 3% were just screwing around. Mm-hmm. Don't screw around on right. my polls, people. Those are scientific. <laughs> Should have been 100%. <laughs> All right. Um, Andrew is starting to buy bones. 
for his uh, bone stock. He tells his cat cafe story. Um, I, I, so people were, some people were sort of upset with him that he, that he was expecting something different. That's what I thought it was, was cats would get on you. I knew you could adopt them. I'd heard that, but, but I didn't know it was like, it was like the, uh, the animal shelter started to serve coffee. That's what this place sounded like. It, it sort of is. I, I, I still don't understand his anger about this. Um, thinking that it's just a place where a bunch of cats are hanging out and you're just sitting at a regular coffee shop has tons of logistical problems um, and it doesn't make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. And it's kind of against health codes too. Um, I've been to right. a few cat cafes and they're all like this and, and it's fine. The, the, the money doesn't bother me at all because these are adoptable animals and I'm happy to pay for them to continue to be fed and housed. Um, I, I, it's beyond um, disbelief that Andrew didn't like check into this ahead of time. Didn't look at what it was. Didn't like read the Yelp reviews. Didn't like just Google it and see what it's like beforehand for people who are so mm-hmm. obsessed with things going the way they think they're going to go. He did zero planning. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, yeah, I, had never stopped to think about what a cat cafe would be like because I've never been interested in going to one. And I did have the Mm -hmm. same kind of general idea as Andrew, that it would be free range cats roaming. But the fact that it isn't, that's his failure, (laughs) not their failure. That's a failure of his expectations and not a problem that he should be disgruntled at the cafe for. Yeah. I like going to the, animal shelter and and I don't need any coffee while I'm there and my my only problem the reason I don't go all the time the animal shelter is because here they let you walk the dogs and I can't walk right now but I I always want to get one of those Costco carts and take every dog home (laughs) my heart just bleeds for that's why I don't go because I would end up with 20 cats (laughs) right right I mean I, I I walk by the cats and I like them and I walk by the bunnies and they're cool. But then when I start walking by all the dogs, I'm just like, uh, I'll take that one and those three and that guy over there. I just can't do it. And I definitely don't need coffee. Well, you shouldn't go to a cat cafe because the, these are just adoption gimmicks, you know, and you're, you're not a person who mm-hmm. needs a gimmick. You're already on board. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Right. All right, so this um, cat cafe story and it not being what Andrew thought it would would be leads to Luke's super possessor talk about however, whenever um, he finds something that pleases him, he wants to own it. Uh, And he has come up with some sort of a new mantra about it. Uh, We got to throw your phone from Ellen about this. She says, this isn't really a throw your phone or hug your phone, but more of an observation. Listening to the guys talk about their difficulty accepting a change in plans Or if something doesn't go exactly their way, I thought it was just male privilege. I don't think it's their fault. We can blame the patriarchy for that. But it was funny to hear them talk about it. I love that Luke has given himself a mantra. I, because I am part of the patriarchy, I didn't even consider that this was, um, this was a a man thing. I thought we all get upset when things don't, don't meet our expectations. I I also did not necessarily see it as a male privilege thing because it does happen to be one of my less pleasant personality traits that I have a hard time. And with a plan, sometimes. does it like it when the plan is not? <laughs> um, 
I don't do very well with spontaneity. I don't know mm-hmm. if that comes through. Like, if you tell me that we're going to be spontaneous, then I can pencil it into my calendar. <laughs> you know, like Tuesday will be spontaneous. <laughs> then I'm fine. That's good. But if you call me up on Tuesday night and you're like, hey, let's go to dinner. I'll be like, a uh, 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 can't, can't. I already have a long evening planned of going to the grocery store and then watching, I don't know, something on Netflix. Like I've already set my schedule as much as a week or two weeks in advance. And mm-hmm. my brain has a really hard time shifting out of that. Um, but I guess I'm not, I don't get upset at circumstances. I just get upset at people imposing their will upon what I've already done. Sure. So I, I'm not going to get upset at the weather as Luke was getting. I don't even remember why he was mad at the weather, but he was mad at the weather. I'm not going to get mad about that. I'm not going to get mad about things that are not controllable, but I do get upset sometimes when people just, you know, skip in with a basket of flowers and merrily trash everything that I've spent the last two weeks thinking about. I I consider myself a pretty easygoing person and I can roll with the punches just fine. Um, But what I've learned recently is that when somebody traipses in and tries to ruin my my evening of, for instance, what I did last night watching West Wing in bed from 730 until I passed out, um, I'll just say no. Like, no, I'm not. You know, I was invited out on um, Mardi Gras evening to go drinking and that's a school night and I'm not going to do that. And so I just said, no, I mean, it was a person I wanted to see and I wanted to go out, but it was Tuesday and I wasn't going to do that. And it was already like 830. So no, no, I'm not doing that. So learning how to say no shields yourself from a lot of that anger because no, I have my night planned and that's what I'm doing. I'm still working on that. I'm very much Mike without a plan. So Changes don't bother me too much. I don't get too upset about it. I hope that doesn't exclude me from the patriarchy, though, because I really enjoy being. <laughs> I think it's more of a personal of personality thing. I don't know if we can. Yeah, I I think so. I think definitely some of it is my personality, and some of it is that I spent so many years being so busy. I mean, working two jobs yeah. and being involved with this, and and back when I was all the way back to like grad school and in in college, I was in five choirs one year Jeez. and so Jeez. five five choirs and a double major and a double minor it's a lot of so, snack so yeah you're telling mm-hmm. me so it was like my whole life was a jigsaw puzzle that had to be put together very carefully in order to make everything work work and i i've carried that on throughout my adult life is that i get the jigsaw set up and then somebody comes in and is like oh no let's go do this instead and i'm like but i spent i can't uh I can feel the stress yeah. coming down the line. <laughs> I don't like it. In retrospect. There's a um, a tangent about Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Uh, top story is the L.L. Bean return policy, um, which they don't get to for a while because they, they revisit the po' boy discussion, um, the School of Rock event that Luke was hosting, and fashion from the 90s being now completely back. I haven't noticed this, but I, I live in Manchac. I mean, let's face it, it's all Oof, old folks and back. animals. So. Some of it's really it? regrettable. Some of it's really awful. Like um, fanny packs. I've seen those. What? Yep. Seen them on people unironically. Oh, now, this dear. is your guys' era, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This was 
Okay, okay. So you're not happy? No. I was happy to leave that in the past. If I see those hairsprayed fanned bangs, you know, the ones that I'm talking about, I cannot be responsible. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I remember, I think I was a junior in high school and I, I was in choir and one of the girls on the other side of the the room all of a sudden in the middle of everything started to kind of freak out and like smack at her head. A bee had gotten into the cage of her bangs and couldn't get out. Well, that's an attractive nuisance. That's yeah. her fault. The bees, they what they needed to make a make And a that nest. Aquanet smells like sweet, sweet honey. So <laughs> Right. They they found they found a proper Eve Gross. that they could get into. Um, Luke's fashion is kind of subdued. I would agree with him there. It's, I think it's, it's a good way to go. I mean, for, for any age, but particularly when you're young, just to, I, I know, you know, kids should be encouraged to express themselves, but I wasn't that kind of kid. I, I didn't want to be noticed for, for my fashion. I, I barely want to be noticed at all. And so fashion, no. Um, my mom would take me to Lamont's, you know, a couple of days before school and I would try to pick out the most innocuous things. And then by the time I was in high school, I was just outside the norm. I would mostly wear my dad's beer league um, uh, softball uniform shirts, um, you know, the meet me here tavern and, and the round the clock tavern, the nowhere tavern. I had like five or six taverns. Well, that was super cool that, uh, at a point. Yeah. I, it, it was kind of cool. But then when I went to, when I went to Catholic school, my senior year, they did not appreciate those I bet not. No, probably not. I kind of, uh, I, I embraced the, the, the thrift store thing like Andrew did. I was, I see my teen self and Andrew's teen self a lot, which is really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but I was in a troop of girls who um, would go and comb through um, the Salvation Army for fun on weekends. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I'd, we'd find a gym. And uh, my favorite was this baby blue T-shirt that said sweet in rainbow sparkle letters across the front. And the fact that it was from a vintage store and not from Hot Topic made it infinitely cooler. Mm-hmm. And I just look back on that of now course. and cringe. and yes i wore overalls over it all the time i think my fashion expression was to not make a fool of myself Mm. Uh, i was a lot like you mike i just wanted to to be not noticed and not remarked upon and i always knew that trying to be trendy or in style or anything was not going to help me and it's it's still not going to help me so i just try to be unobjectionable I stayed with it for quite a long time, even even after high school and college, mainly because I was doing dirt. You know, I was a bad person. I was committing crimes. So you want to fly the less remarkable, the yeah. <laughs> the less remarkable, the better. Like that guy just left, and I couldn't tell you. I couldn't <laughs> so tell you. So you weren't what, walking what around the middle school looking. halls with a stuffed big bird hanging out of your pocket. <laughs> no, huh. no, just that one time. But there- after that. There is a guy on the University of Minnesota campus that I see every once in a while who is always wearing a purple suit, like a bright purple suit, like something out of the movie Dick Tracy. And he always Mm -hmm. has like a silver briefcase, one of those that you would expect him to be handcuffed to it. And I'm like, (laughs) what is that dude doing? He's an agent of Prince. I know what he's not doing. 
He's not robbing banks or buying large amounts of nope. pharmaceuticals. I'll tell you that. He's not doing that. It wouldn't last long in the in the fugitive game. Now, there. I've been on a, a tear of, so since I'm back in the office, I need a work wardrobe, which is something I haven't had to cultivate in many years. And mm -hmm. all of my old work clothes have gone the way of the buffalo. I slowly just donated because I was like, I don't need these anymore, um, which was foolish. Uh, so now I'm having to kind of start over. And I was thinking today, I'm just going to go with black and gray and white and everything's going to be interchangeable and it's going to be easy and it's going to be boring because I, I had such a complicated strategy before where some things I would wear with brown shoes and some things I would wear with black shoes and blah, 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 blah. blah and it just got overwhelming. So I'm, I'm mm -hmm. totally on this tear of like, I want to have like three pairs of pants, four shirts and just rotate as much as I want. And that mm -hmm. will be cheap and easy. Oh, my current work wardrobe is no pants. And by pants, I mean nothing that has a fly and a button in the oh, front. Oh, I thought you meant you don't wear because... pants to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I wear leggings, and I don't count those as pants because I'm not very happy with my body right now, and nothing feels good. Pants do not feel good. And so I'm like, fuck it. It's elastic all the way. And I don't think I've worn a pair of jeans uh, since last spring because I can't stand it anymore. So leggings and some sort of top that covers my ass and that's about as much as i can manage i think that's perfect i usually just go slank it <laughs> just fill, fill my farts, slank it with yeah. farts all day oh yeah <laughs> and i'm one of those people that stopped wearing shoes at the office because my feet hurt so much yeah. all the time uh, mike uh, you understand what it's like to have your feet hurt all the time although yes. i hope I, i'm not uh, heading in your direction but i have a pair of black slippers that have rubber soles and I just put them on when I get to work and I walk around like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those people. I love now. it. I'm proud of yeah. you. I'm proud of you both. I like your practicality in this area. I think we need some, we needed someone on this show that, that is sort of a fashion maven to, to counterbalance, but we don't have them today. So that's cool. Luke talked about the time that uh, he bought a, I think like a bomber jacket, which they are, they are kind of round and, my my favorite person, I mean, the favorite my favorite look of anyone who ever wore the bomber jacket was Kevin Costner in Bull Durham. Yes, and I remember seeing that movie and I was like, "Oh man, I want one of those jackets," you know. And I had the build at the time, but that was a lot of money to mm -hmm. get a good one like that. It was too much. I couldn't do it, and I and I wasn't quite sure I could pull it off either because you know I'm not Kevin Costner. So. You're not. Hmm. No, no, wasn't then. Still not <laughs> Kevin Costner. I wanted a leather jacket when I was in high school. I don't know. One of my few impulses to try and be like everybody else and, and letter jackets were all the rage. And mm. my school, our colors were black and silver. So we had black uh, letter jackets. Th those were cool. And I wasn't going to try buying one of those, but I did want a leather jacket of some sort. And so for Christmas, my mother one year bought me a leather coat from Kohl's, a leather coat, not a leather jacket. And it was just such a nice impulse of her. And I was like, nope. And she took that back right away. And that was the closest I ever came to getting any kind of leather jacket. This goes perfectly with my thrift store um, whole thing when I was a teenager. But my dad was really into Volvos. He still is, actually. Um, he's restoring a 65 Volvo right now like a little sports car um 
in his retirement. That's kind of his thing. So he had this awesome jean jacket that had an old Volvo patch, the one that looks like the the nice. male symbol, I think is what it is. I'm having a hard time visualizing yeah. it right now. But um, that got kind of too worn out. And it was the absolute perfect thing to put over my thrift store uh, T-shirts was this awesome worn yeah, jean was. jacket with an old Volvo patch. It was perfect. All my friends were just, we shared all our clothes in my little clique of friends and I didn't let anyone touch that jacket. <laughs> it was so threadbare. It was about to fall apart anyway. So I was like, if anyone's going to ruin this jacket, it's going to be me. Well, and speaking of that um, Letterman's jacket thing, I never got a Letterman's jacket in high school just because I was a cheap bastard and didn't, and, you know, I was working, but those things were damn expensive. I didn't want to mm-hmm. spend one of my whole paychecks on those things. But what I did wear was my dad's um, letter jacket from Seattle University. Uh, it, I don't remember if it had any anything left on it. I think he might have taken all the stuff off it and put it up in his trophy room or whatever. But the the jacket itself, so fucking cool, mm-hmm. you know. Especially especially with not with nothing, you know, not too adorned on it. Because that's the thing about letter jackets is, like, you know, you, people have like. 500 different there at some point they were handing out badges for everything i'm really surprised that you didn't have one mike that's how i envision you in high school with this cool car and a letter jacket no that wasn't that wasn't me i had a i had a a pretty cool car i guess and but mostly i was just a bum trying to not attract attention because like i said i was usually doing some bad things you know Sneaking, sneaking my girlfriend out of her window every night. You know, you don't want to be dressed brightly or, you know, have some, some stupid leather jacket. I mean, Letterman's jacket with 500 badges on it because you're in the chess club as well as on the baseball team or whatever. Hey, that's how I got all of my letters. (laughs) (laughs) I had them for drama. I had them for speech and debate. I had them for academics. I had them for choir. I think now you get one just for every day you show up to school. Every day you don't get shot, you get another badge for your for your letter jacket, and you've earned it at this point. If you if you're brave enough to go to high school, good on you. Uh, Luke talks about a lint roller life hack. I I sort of tuned out on that. There's more talk about his insurance, um, as he didn't really seem to take much stock of what might have been in his bag when it was stolen. He just said. Oh, laptop. And, you know, I got a lot of other things in my laptop bag than, than my laptop. So if mine was stolen, I think I might think about it a lot more. But he seems to be annoying the hell out of them down at the insurance agency every time he um, figures out he's missing another cord. There's an email. Um, all the ladies wrote in and said that uh, the janitor Kevin's vomiting lady was probably pregnant. We I talked said about that, that on the week, recap, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that too. So you don't have to be a lady to have thought that because, yeah, we if you're throwing up all the time, you can't afford to get too worked up. (laughs) Right. It's uh, it's like if you've had the flu for three days, the the, you know, the fifth time you throw up isn't as dramatic as the first time. So if you're throwing up every morning, then that's that's going to be a thing for you. Um, there's emails about the shout out segment. They, um, they seem to be getting the message, uh, from some people and I have not weighed in too publicly on it, I guess. 
but people remember from the time before. That's funny. People are coming out of the woodwork remembering that I was very much against <laughs> the shout out segment. And uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say a lot this time because I think it's a counterproductive because I think at this point we're just trying to force their hand into doing it by objecting to it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, unlike, unlike uh po' boy, I'm not going to get us worked up about if they want to do this, they can do it and it'll just be five to 74 minutes that we can skip uh, taking notes on during the recap. Yeah. Maybe I'll just hit the 30 second fast forward button 11 times. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be some sort of outro music that you can, you know, recognize that so you don't go no, too far. No, then they're going to spend 10 minutes talking about that outro music too every day. Mm, yeah, I guess so. That's it for Monday. Oh, that'll take us to Tuesday, number 2575, living in a pho bubble. Did I say pho right? Yeah, I did. Because yeah. a lot of and people bubble. know how to say it right now, which Luke is very happy about. <laughs> Uh, so this is the second show they're taping that day. This is taped directly after the other one. I always kind of like these double tape shows because they're usually on a time limit. And that means that yeah. it's not going to be a three hour show. Um, the run times were good this week. They were. And this was only what an hour or a little more, but Luke still apologized multiple times throughout the show because it's going to be shorter than usual. Cause he has to go catch this plane yeah, please don't apologize for that. Yeah, and, and since they're so short on time, the best use of this time is to uh, enter into some stock talk. Uh, and Luke wants to say that bone broth is just hipster stock. That's true. So that they can charge more for it. Yeah, absolutely true. He is right. Uh, I want to knock out a few of these throw your phones because we got a lot of them for Tuesday. Uh, from Justina, so Luke's pressed for time, so he spends 15 minutes apologizing for a possibly short show. Guess he's not surrounded by clocks. I never actually <laughs> got that surrounded by clocks show. No. Was he or wasn't he? <laughs> they never explained how many clocks there were in the van to start with. My guess is he was, because you you always, if you have your laptop open and you have your phone on, you at least have two clocks. So right. there must have been some supplemental clocks. Sure. It's not exactly like a newsroom where we got to know what the time is in Tokyo mm-hmm. at any mm-hmm. given moment. Uh, the old Mary Tyler Moore show. Right. So. Uh, throw your phone from Megan, who says, I am pretty sure Andrew really wants to host a podcast called Stock Talk. I wish he would, so I could not subscribe. I don't eat mammals or birds, so there's only so much bone boiling discussion I can handle. Pokey Jones the Corgi would like to gnaw on those beef bones, though. <laughs> Megan. I really also want Andrew to host a podcast called Stock Talk so that I can also not subscribe to it. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, I love Pokey Jones, and I do sort of feel sorry for though the dogs of, of vegans, you know, because our dogs have a have a rich life of um, cleaning up after our whatever meat we're eating. Right. Uh, I have zero interest in talking about Luke's garlic press but we did get a throw your phone from tyler (laughs) where he says in all caps more stock talk i haven't even finished the episode yet i paused event so maybe they picked up the nose up but ah luke burbank i use fresh garlic almost every single day rinse the garlic press as soon as you use it or honestly not even that soon it comes right out 
Then add the peel slash skins to the bag you have in your freezer of vegetable scraps you are saving so you can make your own vegetable stock later. Oh dear, now I have to stop my own stock talk. Uh, Tyler, I know a podcast soon to be coming out that needs a co-host. <laughs> hey, now we we got some information from Ghostface listener this week who is back listening to the show. In fact, is archiving. And Ghostface listener had something to say. Uh, Mike, snarkiving. No, sorry, snarkiving. He's right, snarkiving the show. He, he snarkived. Uh, he, he, he or she. He or she shared with us his or her notes for <laughs> Tuesday. And let's see. I mean, he's single-spaced here, so this is... Okay. <clears throat> A mentions that... Andrew mentions that the garlic press is only used for garlic. Therefore, care in washing is not needed as much for other kitchen tools. Hmm. Bacteria grows in most tight environments like closed garlic presses. Thought so. Um, here's the thing, too. I'm I'm not as worried about bacteria if I didn't clean that thing thoroughly. I'm I just don't want my next meal to taste like detergent, dishwasher detergent. So that's another reason to make sure that thing gets clean. Mm-hmm. Thanks, GFL. <laughs> I, I don't know the the two of them talking about cooking is just rich with irony as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Uh, Given that Luke makes the remark that he is a bad enough cook that store-bought food still tastes better than what he makes at home. Uh, Mm -hmm. And remember when I got all upset when they were talking about how home-baked treats brought into the office aren't very good and he said yeah every once in a while I feel like slicing up a tube of cookie dough and making some cookies and I was like what? If you're starting from a tube of cookie dough, there's not a lot of room to grow in that. So he just, no, he shouldn't cook. That's all. Yeah. But he should do blue apron ads. (laughs) Yes, yes, he should. Um, We get a very short moment where he confesses that he has regrets that he stirred his drink with a remote control. I would say, yep, you should regret that. (laughs) Not least because... All the tens are going to be using that for jokes forever. That comes up regularly on this tens page as a joke. They have pens in motels. Come on. They have pens. Just use the pen. Use your finger. 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 <laughs> mm, that's gross. Use the pen. <laughs> the pens that somebody else's fingers have been touching. Or swirling okay. around uh, in a glass. Like, why do you need to do that at all? I think we can all agree that it was a, a a drunken decision that was not made at the high point of clarity. Yeah. So yeah. it was what it was. And they talk again about how important it is for them to stay on track with the show because Luke has to return his rental car to the airport before he gets on the plane, obviously. And with the way that the the car rental center is set up he has to take a shuttle to get back to the terminal and you never know exactly how much time you're gonna have to build into your itinerary to to handle that and then he starts casually pondering about how much you need to tip the shuttle driver and andrew goes oh no oh no (laughs) because he has never before thought in his life that it might be appropriate to tip the 
shuttle driver. Has he never airport. observed a person doing this? I feel like this happens right. constantly. Like that's how I, I don't know. Like, oh, people do this. Okay, here you go. Couple bucks a bag. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know. See, back when they were talking about tipping in hotel rooms and there were articles going around that I read that said that only a quarter of people know that it's appropriate to tip in hotel rooms. And I was like, wait, what? How could you not know? So maybe this is just another one of those things that people just don't know. That's something that you do. Yeah. yeah. But I've always known that, that that's what you do. Now, if if I handle my own bags, I'm probably not mm. going to tip. Right. Yes. But yeah, the second no he touches that handle, absolutely. A couple of bucks for sure. Yep. Yep. What if the shuttle driver was a woman? <laughs> no tip. <laughs> Patriarchy. Yes. Or a short man. No mm, tip. No. Exactly. No. Then if I, I have absolutely no idea what this was leading into, but I wrote down the line, quote, this is boring, but I'll just tell you that Luke said. And I was like, hmm. New TBTL motto. Yep. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the new name. (laughs) Been the motto for a while. Well, they spelled it it out. Yeah. Um, Then they get into how Luke says that a former girlfriend told him that his subconscious can't take a joke. And that's how they get into the topic of negative self-talk and how you want to be self-deprecating so that other people can't deprecate you it's like you don't want to seem like you don't understand how lame you are it's the level of unself-awareness is what makes it particularly bad but he says something that we kind of talked about in relation to the show a point that you made meredith months ago that negative self-talk often leads to belief Mm -hmm. in that negative self-talk and conversely positive self-talk can also um lead to positive belief. I have said many, many times to my therapist that I cannot do this Stuart Smalley-esque, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. And she's like, I know, it's stupid, but it works. Um, Addie had a teacher once when she was a grade school who was very big into these positive statements like, you can do anything you want, you can fly. And Addie was like, "Mm, not so much. Nope. And I have that uh, at group fitness classes at the gym when the instructors are very fond of saying, you can do anything for 30 seconds. And then I immediately start listing in my brain all the things that I cannot do for 30 (laughs) seconds, like Mm -hmm. breathing space, fly. These are things that I cannot do for 30 seconds. (laughs) Right. Make a bone broth. (laughs) (laughs) That used to annoy me about the NPR show, All Things Considered, when I was little. I was like, surely not all the things. Right. I mean, I can think of a few things they're not covering. NPR was making some budget cutbacks, and I think that was one of my tweets. It's like, now it's most things. Something considered. (laughs) A few fewer things. Yeah. Well, they decide once again that maybe they shouldn't be so deprecating about themselves and leave the critical discussion of TBTL to the fine folks over at the Little Red Bandwagon. Um, we got sure. good friends over at LA. <laughs> you know what? If you guys didn't deprecate yourself so much, that would be one less thing that we had to deprecate. So mm-hmm. you can you can correct this cycle, guys. Do it. You can't fly, but you could nope. fix this. Can't breathe underwater. No, but there are some things you can change. They, I don't think they ever played the top story sounder on Tuesday. I don't remember. I think the email frenzy 
was supposed to be the top story for the day. But uh, mm-hmm. but let me give a short summary of the things that happened after the email frenzy intro was played. Luke says the School of Rock is very metal. They talk about the Olympics. Andrew likes the idea of all events uh, being about sliding downhill on something. Luke likes that the country is watching the Olympics together. Uh, he likes that most athletes aren't in it for the money, and he loves the Olympic fanfare. He also loves the commentating duo of Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir for figure skating. They're awesome, and she's a Brown fan. Lester Holt, Lester Holt's a vest. Dateline NBC. Bob Walsh just refers to him as Lester. Where are Olympic athletes from? Andrew's upset because they're listing the snowboard guy, Red Gerard, as being from Colorado, but he's really from Cleveland. Uh, Luke understands the appeal of speed metal, and Andrew used to go see the hostel Amish when he was in high school. And that was Email Frenzy. Good job, guys. Was it? Was I don't know. Let's see. From Shannon. Hey, throw your phone. Just finished listening to Tuesday's show. The email frenzy was dedicated to discussing why the show needed to be short, which is fine, and Metallica. Arg! I may need to join the ranks of Ghostface listener. Oh, I know. And Justina said again for Tuesday, 40 minutes in, sounder played, no emails read. I am done for the night. I think I had the same exact response, Justina. I 45 minutes. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just I need to turn it off and come back when I have a better attitude about this. So then we play the email frenzy song again. And we got to two emails. Whew. Hold <laughs> what on a is, it, is, it, is it like when you is it like when you um your car doesn't start and then you just come back in five minutes and, and or in this case twenty five minutes and you you turn the key again just hoping that something's gonna happen and shame on you for hoping <laughs> <laughs> right and really. These are not new problems with the email frenzy. Even back when Luke and Jen used to do it, I'm sure she had like 15 emails queued up and he would get yeah. stuck on email three. So yeah. it's it's not doable. It's not it's not well, anything they should even try. I don't think. I totally would try it. I just think that Luke doesn't have the self-discipline in order to not stream of consciousness off on anything that catches his little bird attention Mm -hmm. so and and i think it's gotten worse since andrew can't crack the whip on him the way that jen used to be able to jen used to hold him to task much better than andrew ever can so that's really a big part of this problem but i i just feel like if someone takes the time to write in um don't clip your response you know like if you have a legitimate response that's true don't try to hold it to a minute if it deserves five minutes then it deserves five but minutes that's like, not what he's doing what a, how would the email frenzy have worked for the lady who who's uh who talked about the cat that disappeared well you know? that's why they didn't include her in the email frenzy because that needed yeah. something more i could see if we're doing the po boy discussion and we want to read five different quick viewpoints sure. on mm-hmm. that topic that that could be incorporated into an email frenzy but the problem is when they get to something that they find interesting enough to share on the show, then they want to talk about it for a while. So it's sort of right. a, a catch-22 on this. Yep. Um, and I'm sorry if anybody uh, who sent either P- uh, Joe or Dave, 
who sent these two emails. I got discussed. I'm sorry if you are LRB listeners, but they're pretty boring um, emails. Joe wants to talk about this ice, uh, roller skating rink that nobody but Andrew cares about in Ohio, the new Brunswick skate or whatever that was the makeout place that Andrew never set foot in. He makes a point of saying, Not with that hair. <laughs> and about how his sister worked there for a while and it's n- not there anymore, or it is there, or it's not there. I don't remember. Uh, And then Luke says that he thinks that we should dedicate government funding to save bowling alleys since they're all going out of business. Yep. Seems like a good, good use. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I fell into a a pothole that ruined my car yesterday, but sure. Let's spend it on bowling alleys. Yep. Absolutely. And then Dave from New York uh, wants to talk about Peter Cetera, the song Glory of Love, which they uh, referenced. I forget. Luke. Love that song. Look, I'm not going to front. I love that song. I love Glory of Love. Just like I love Richard Marks unironically, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But Dave said that he played Glory of Love over the phone while he was trying to ask a girl out and she said no. And now that song is uh, tainted for him and he feels really dumb or embarrassed whenever he hears it. Luke says that, that his so- version... I love. I know. That. I love the idea. I, I think I did that. Like, make sure that the right song is playing in the background when I'm talking, as if they could even hear or cared or <laughs> noticed. But I did that a lot when I was a preteen. Right, and I'm sure oh. that this this girl has no rem- memory of sure. glory of love punctuating this guy's attempts to ask her out. But um, I would put. I would always put ACDC's Thunder. <laughs> Under well, I, I would. Of course, he would. I called it dating frenzy. I would just call girl after girl. <laughs> well, Luke's version of this was dedicating the Richard Marx song "Right Here Waiting" for a girl that he was into, and I, I don't care. I know it makes me hopelessly uncool, but I love all Richard Marx. Whatever he does it for me. He's like a '90s cheap version of George Michael, and I'll no I'll take shame it in that. Any I think day. that's great. That's a good. If I song. could have had his hair, oh, I would have. Oh I would have my done goodness! So much better with the ladies, and and the the perfect stubble, and he had the cross earring. That oh was yeah. Like yeah, super cool at that time. He had like yeah. a mullet, didn't he? Like a curly mullet. It was a oh yeah, very well put together nice. look. <laughs> yep, and he still looks good today. So there we go. Uh, Andrew's version of this, he didn't quite. Get it? I don't think he ever called a girl, so he probably doesn't have a regrettable soundtrack. But he does tell about in college when he was really into a girl and he would just sit in his dorm room and think about her and play the Smashing Pumpkins all night. So I'm not sure there's a band that I hate more than Smashing Pumpkins. I hate them so much. I can't listen to them. I can barely talk about them. And I had to turn this episode off when he said their name. Oh, no. I don't know what happened at the end. Nothing. They played 1979. Holy cow, Anne. Richard Marks is hot. Uh, yeah. What happened? He looks so much better now than he used to. I'm totally distracted now looking at Google images of Richard Marks. Is he Scott Erickson hot? Yeah, look at him in a nice skinny suit. Ooh. Oh, he's married. Shucks. Oh, yeah. I think he's been married for a long time. Wow. Amazing. Now that's a Google image search worth doing. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Where were we? Uh, uh, we ended. We ended Tuesday. 
It's my turn for Wednesday. Okay. Uh, 2576, Spilling the Beans with Bean Baxter. We've got Bean uh, on the line as a guest. He's he's calling in from New Orleans. Um, Andrew starts out the show real strong talking about his male Palentine Day joke slash dream. <laughs> Woof. That was rough. It did sound like some, some men's rights activist kind of mm-hmm. talk. Like, <laughs> why isn't there men's Valentine's Day? I'm at the place in my life where men's rights activist jokes just aren't that funny to me. No, because mm-hmm. they're horrible <laughs> and scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to talk about Mardi Gras. So just for the record, you guys, I took a mini vacation from notes this week. My notes are extremely sparse, and it made listening to this show a lot more pl- pleasurable for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to lose all the details, and I'm not sorry about it. Yeah, it's totally endorsed. Because of a discussion we were having in our show chat. So uh, Meredith didn't do anything wrong by taking um, minimal notes. We all should have been doing it this week for this project that we're working on. Meredith I was the only one notes. with the discipline to not no, do it. No, this well, is minimal notes Anne's for minimal me. Notes, Anne's minimal notes mean it's it's like a pocket dictionary. It's still of paragraphs and paragraphs. Instead of encyclopedias. <laughs> I wrote like five words down. Bean talks Mardi Gras is my next note. So he talks about what it's really like to be at Mardi Gras and the kind of, you know, the tourist experience versus the when you live there experience and how lovely Mm -hmm. and family oriented it actually can be as long as you're not uh, on Bourbon Street. And that sounds pretty nice. It does. They have Mardi Gras all over the state. In Baton Rouge, they, they have parades all the time. And in Lafayette, also where... Emily's brother lives. They each have their own Mardi Gras and it has its own feel to it. And every neighborhood in New Orleans has their own parade and they all have their own themes and, and some of them are rowdy and some of them are wholesome and some of them are crazy. But, um, it's just when you, when you live there around there, it's, uh, you can pick and choose and go to the ones you like and not deal with tourists for the most part. Do they all have beads and then the beads don't necessarily mean naked boobs for all of them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I They probably do all have beads because they all have their own colors and themes. But um, but yeah, I, I think the Bourbon Street is really the only one yeah. where there's a lot of boobs out because there's a lot of kids at the other part. There is a, a city within a city in Detroit. It's called Hamtramck and it's got a large Polish population. It's actually an extremely diverse, really interesting place. Um, but they have a big uh, Fat Tuesday celebration and there's lots of beads mm-hmm. and not a lot of boobs. It's also, you know, 20 degrees. So no one's taking the boobs out. <laughs> just <laughs> just very brief, very brief nudity. You can just see it through my shirt because it's so cold here. Right. You can see exactly where my nipples are <laughs> and what state they're in. Yes. Um, this, so they, they, they mentioned this, uh, later in the week, but I have to bring it up because I got one of the files that had the step stop down in it that Andrew didn't edit out. Mm -hmm. And as I was listening to it, I brought it up in the chat and I don't think anyone else heard it. Um, Oh, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. It was was really weird. It was really, Mm -hmm. really weird. And I was like, how on earth? And I got my wheels turning and I was like, I bet you anything. Andrew was horrified and ran back and and fixed this, but I got one Mm -hmm. of the older files. Um, so that was kind of fun to listen to. Um, yeah, I didn't listen until the next morning, so I, I'd heard the fuck up before I heard the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk a little bit about the live show, the van show, um, and then Bean brings up HQ Trivia and made it sound like that was something everybody should know about. I'd never heard of it, <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm totally in the dark here. Um, trivia is fun. I, I used to be on a trivia team in Dallas, and we did, uh, we did um, pretty well. 
and uh, won at our little championship. Um, but then they screwed us out of our prize. And so we quit. <laughs> kind of a bad taste in my mouth for trivia. Um, and then there's um, there's an app. Oh, shoot. I'm not going to remember what it's called. But I used to do that, too. And that's kind of more like Trivial Pursuit. And and that's pretty fun. Um, but I, I have no desire to, to do all that, stop my day in the middle twice a day and, and maybe win 20 cents. Yeah. Sure. I'm all right. It sounds like it's more for the people who are competitive for competitive sake, which is me, which is why I can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be mad almost all the time. Because exactly. I would yep. miss a question or you right. know, unless I went 12 for 12, I would end the day mad. It's like it's like uh, professional football teams. Um, everybody who makes the playoffs uh, is disappointed in their season except for the team that wins the Super Bowl. So, yeah, if you don't if you don't win the whole thing, you're I mean, when you're competitive like I am and like Ann is, you're just going to end up mad. Oh, the one I, I, I used to play is called Trivia Crack, and it did make me feel that way. Um, sometimes the, the app would mess up or the answer mm-hmm. that they thought was right was actually wrong. Oh, and those no. sort of things really, really angered me. Like I, I yeah. lost because you guys were wrong and I was right. No way. Uh-huh. I think I, I deleted it out of fury. Yeah. Um, Bean gives Andrew a preview of some of the questions um, and continuing a long tradition of, of weird TBTL quizzes. <laughs> You know what I was uh, noting for this, these quizzes, and there were quizzes the next day too, is that Andrew really likes giving quizzes, but he does not like taking them at all. Right. He's always so self-conscious about being wrong. Mm-hmm. He's just a radio producer at heart. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He wants to hand the quiz off to somebody or give it himself, but yeah, he he's not doesn't want to himself test it. Right. Um, next up is Oxford comma talk. They talk about that lawsuit in Maine um, where the truck drivers actually won because of an Oxford comma. Um, they explain what it is and how they feel about it. I, I'm, um, as Anne noted in her notes, that TBTL attracts pedants. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I count myself among them. I feel, I feel very strongly about the Oxford comma. I believe that it's useful and there's no downside. Um, and it can cause a lot of confusion. And I was a medical transcriptionist um, all through college, and we used it all the time, and we had to use it because it eliminated uh, um, ambiguity. And and when you're talking about medical documentation, it's very important. So I just don't see the downside to it. Nope. I am going to come in with a hot take and say, I yes. don't fucking care about the <laughs> Oxford oh, comma okay. anymore. I don't want to see another internet debate or article or anything on it because it is so played out. Yeah. You're all right, people. The reason that I said that TBTL attracts pedants is because I think that the show has been all about examining the minutiae of trivia and nothing is going to attract a pedant like arguing over details of things that don't matter. Right. (laughs) So I'm at the point where I'm like, don't even, don't even care because I'm as much as a grammar pedant as the next person, but I just can't take the Oxford comma anymore. Okay. Let's move on to this awesome song. Beans, 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 beans. Does anyone know if this was actually on his show the next day? No, oh. I didn't listen. I didn't either. No. I was I'm sort of horrified by the prospect 
Because when I heard that, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. It's so literal. It's so dumb. Yeah, talk about on the nose, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, So this is just Bean talking about stuff he likes, and this was delightful. Um, And the first thing is an audio clip of this this old man talking to his son, and the man cannot believe how old he is. And he makes (laughs) the son makes him guess, and he's just like ninety (laughs) eight. No way. He's swearing (laughs) up a storm, and he sounded genuinely delightful. And and I agree with the guys. This didn't seem like making fun of a demented person. This was just delightful. listening to his his attitude about it um the guy seemed in pretty good spirits about it and he was commenting that in a couple years he'll be old so i love i love it when when super old people do that (laughs) yeah it was really charming emily's grandmother made it to 107 or 108 i can't remember she was pretty lucid um all the way and it was just fun to listen to her Mm -hmm. say stuff uh when she met me the i think it was like the next day or something uh, Emily and her mom were taking her shopping or something, and I was staying home with Ed. And uh, she said, "Where's that great big man?" <laughs> <laughs> I was a little heavier back. But you like that? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. Great big man. Wow. Because her boyfriend before me was kind of tiny, so I think I made an impression. I know how you feel about short men. <laughs> Um, they discuss uh, feeling their age, and um, Andrew really has a hard time nailing down how he feels age-wise. I kind of feel like I'm stuck at 25. Yeah. There was a lot of know. change until then, and once mm-hmm. I got kind of stable and and uh, understood my needs and, and wants in life, uh, not much has changed since then. I don't know. I think I understand the way that the world works much better than I used to at this point, but I don't know. I think emotionally I'm still about 15. <laughs> I think I'm about 36. I'd been out of prison for a few years and I'd figured out how to be an adult in the world mm-hmm. and not cause damage. That's so, that's yeah, it. That's very important. Um, next up on the list is this very sorry barrister um, resigning or offering his resignation for being two minutes late to a discussion in which he was addressed and wasn't there to answer. Um, and it was delight. I love that in their house of lords, the uh, other people can just scream at them all the time. Oh, I know. It's crazy. It's and great. that was so fun to hear everyone go, no, you can't quit. <laughs> there had to be at least one person going, yes, yeah, do it. <laughs> Another seat for the Tories or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was cute. Very British. Yeah. It was all fake. It was political theater. He did not. He was not actually tendering his resignation in any way. There was some impressive falling on your sword acting, though. Yes. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of um, soccer when they take the fall. Oh, oh, my ankle. My ankle. Get up. Walk around. Continue running. Yes. Um, then we get some emails, yet another discussion about the po' boy, poor boy controversy. I think this was in favor of poor boy, and I'm just not interested in, in uh, revisiting it that. It kind of was. Well, it was that one magazine, the New Orleans magazine or whatever it was called, where one right. person said And the guy no, got like three other boy. things wrong in the, in the mm-hmm. article. Yeah. This is like a New York Times trend piece where one person does a thing and they call it a trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't accept it. Sorry. Um, Andrew retells being the cat cafe story again. 
Yep. And Bean comes to the same kind of conclusion. It's like, well, that's not what they're for. <laughs> they're not there for you to just sit and have coffee for hours with cats. And then he recalls his uh, visit or uh, outing to see the aristocrat, Aristocats. And that sounds really delightful. Acro-cats. Oh, did I? <laughs> I'm getting it confused with the actual. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Acrocats. Right. Sorry. So this is, this is Trained Cats, a show of trained cats. And I've been on the fence about wanting to see this because I feel like it may be kind of mean. And if, if it is that, I don't want to do it. But I don't know enough about it. I hope it's nice. I hope it's nice. I hope it's all like, you know, the cats are just given treats. And so they are happy to play a violin. I just can't imagine cats doing that. I, I know cats well, pretty Amy well. Amy loved it, though. Amy wrote in about it. She really loved it. Yes, that's true. We got a throw your phone from Amy. She says, hugging my phone. Been talking about the amazing Acrocats was one of my now husband and my first dates. I follow Buggles on the Twitter. Buggles. That must sure. be a cat. One of the cats. Okay. The band I follow is- him on Instagram, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the band is fabulous and the other cats come and sit on your lap during the show. Oh, Jax is a good cat too. Okay, okay. Maybe I should go see that. If I other can't cats believe come they get the cats lap? to play those tiny instruments. <laughs> well, didn't Bean did say that it was the training was all done with positive reinforcement. He did, so, yeah. Right. You're right. Okay. All right. I'll go see it. Acrocats. You have to use positive reinforcement with cats. Well, they don't um, care about anything they're, they're, else. They do not. They do not. You can intimidate dogs into doing things, but cats be like, Oh, who's this asshole? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Bye. I'm just going to scratch your face off. <laughs> and then I'm going to climb up into the attic and you'll never see me again. Yes. <laughs> well, dang. Now I want a cat for sure. <laughs> uh, let's go to Thursday, number 2577. Women, This was kind of a fun show with guests Nick Jarn, returning guest, and Hannah Brooks Olson, new guest to TBTL. I... I don't understand exactly how Andrew thought to ask her to be a guest. I'm not sure all that yeah, it's never worked clear. out because he, he said he didn't know that she used to listen to TBTL until after he over explained who he was. And she was like, yeah, I know you. I used to listen to TBTL all the time. So I don't know. But uh, I thought, yeah, I, I thought she was a, a good presence on the show. She was a fun, a fun mm-hmm. person to have on. Uh, they start talking about movies. Nick thinks that uh, Black Panther is going to ch- change the world, change the we'll future. We'll all remember where we were maker? when the yeah. Black Panther movie came out. He knows it's not about the Black Panthers, right? He knows it's not. A, <laughs> he knows it's a comic it's book not movie, a, right? Yeah. I mean, I understand uh, the point. It's the first Black superhero movie, and it's got a almost completely black cast and apparently it's great. Uh, so I support all of that, but I don't know. I, it's a, it's a cartoon movie guys. I think he might be living in a superhero movie bubble because the people that are really into those things think that they are really important culturally, which Mm -hmm. generally they are not as important as these people think they are culturally. What's important culturally are things that everyone cares about. Right. And I would say, you know, policy, government policy and changing government policy is more important. I kind of think that representation is really important here. And this is a black director. I'm glad it's happening. And the soundtrack is, it really is awesome. Uh, It was curated by Kendrick Lamar. And so I I think the, the whitewashing of Hollywood is, is coming to a 
lows very slowly. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. So in that way, I think this is fascinating. And I'm really yes. glad that it's getting good reviews. Um, mm-hmm. Because that means that there can be more of these. This can't be used as like, oh, it's just a niche thing. And we can't fund a movie with mostly black people in it. Um, I want to like see because more the, of that. The so that Ghostbusters way, movie sucked. Now we can't get any more ladies mm-hmm. making movies. Right. You know, it's like, right. ah, why did you have to make a suck movie? Come on, ladies. Yeah. We screwed up their chance. I, I guess I'm just a sort of a glass half empty person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People said the same sorts of things about Wonder Woman, how important it was for women to have a female led movie. And it was so wonderful. And I went to see it and I was like, eh. pretty much seemed like any one of the other Marvel movies, except that there was a lady. See, yeah, I was ready. I, to, I was too. ready to murder everybody by the end of that movie. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> right, <laughs> I can do it." Right. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't as impressive as I expected well, it to be. Maybe it was a failure of high expectations on my part. Probably. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch hardly any of these type of movies, but I did go see that, and then it just reminded me why I don't see those movies. I mean, she was good, and and I'm glad it happened. But um, the thing about. Uh, superhero movies is there's so much violence with no consequence that mm-hmm. it's so boring yeah and the, the fights go on forever with no one getting hurt and it's come on how long are we going to do this so i don't know that's that's my beef with these things it but is I'm a really difficult glad suspension of disbelief you're right i'm glad i'm glad that happened i'm glad this is happening but i don't think we'll all remember where we were when it came out like we did when Star Wars came out in 1979, according to Nick <laughs> Jarn. Uh, <laughs> got that date a little wrong? A little bit. I mean, you know, it's okay, Nick. You weren't born then. You can be wrong about the year that Star Wars came out. <laughs> you can Nerd be a king, years you. <laughs> uh, oh, the other thing that I wanted to ask about people going to see Black Panther. I wanted to ask you guys, do you go see movies on opening weekend? Because you would have to drag my dead body to a movie theater to see it on opening weekend. <laughs> nothing nothing that has a huge fan base, a huge and rabid fan base. I would never see a Star War on opening day. Right. Never. Right. Never. But there are certain movies that, you know, I'm really geeked about that maybe I would. Like when I was sorely disappointed, but when the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out, I went and saw that the first day Right. because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But it just reaffirmed that the original is still one of the best movies ever made. Um, but something like that, yes, but never never something like a, a comic book movie. You made a good point, Meredith. You know, something without a rabid fan base like where you're dealing with that. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Costumes that, and you know, lines and no. But something like The Big Sick or whatever, you know, I'd like to see mm. it as soon as I can. You no, know? Yeah. no, no way. I, I totally don't understand that all. The last movie I went to see on opening night was because my brother wanted to go see the third Born movie, whichever one that was called. I can never keep the name straight. Born Ultim- Again. Ultimatum. Whatever. Born on and- the 4th of July. Something like that. <laughs> Who Born Too Furious. And I actually love those Born movies. They're Airborne. my favorite. I would say uh, they're some of my favorite like European style action movies. So I was really excited yeah. to go see it. So we were. my brother worked until 9 p.m. So we were going to go to the, like, the 9.45 showing. And he didn't get a chance to eat, so I brought him a sandwich to eat before. But I made a, a grave miscalculation is that I made it on a really nice crusty roll. And so he couldn't just <laughs> snarf it. He was just like slowly gnawing at it. I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to crunching. Go. And then we got to the movie theater and he ran into a friend of his from high school. 
that he hadn't seen in like four years. And so they're catching up. And now it's like 935. And I'm like, I need to get my seats. I hate being late to the theater. And by the time we actually got in there, the only seats left were in the second row on the far left. And so you have to like crane your neck to look. And I hated it. I hated it. And I hated the hormones hanging in the air. And I hated all the talk and the flirting that was going on. And I I was just in a terrible mood. I get a little sulky every great once in a while. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. This is stupid. Why are we doing it? My brother was like, Anne, if you're not happy, we can go. And I was like, no, we're here now. We're staying. It's fine. I'm being stupid. And then I vowed that I would never go see a movie on opening weekend again because I just can't handle it. As I'm hearing myself talk about this, I feel like I might need to bring this up with my therapist. <laughs> I think I have some issues. I need to work out with this. Well, about the the eating being loud. I mean, down here, there so many theaters are dinner theaters and you have to think about what you're going to order because if it's a quiet movie, you know, if it's not a superhero movie, it is something like the big sick, like I mentioned. Um, yeah. Ordering something with chips, you know, <laughs> like tortilla oh, chips. Yeah. So you have to like, could someone up to, could they start some music or something so I can get down on my food? <laughs> it's a, uh, you got to think about it, you know? And, and I think the last time we, I went to one of these places, I ordered a salad and it sucked because you can't you eat a salad, salad in the dark. Yeah, because you got to build your bites. I'm just dipping my, right. you know, stabbing the fork in there and getting what I get. And sometimes it's just a mouthful of lettuce. The next time it's all tomato. It's It was a disaster. So don't order a salad at a dinner theater, guys. <laughs> That's a sentence I never thought I'd hear anybody say. Don't order a salad <laughs> at a movie theater. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, okay, back to TBTL. Andrew is talking about ADHD and the fidgeting that he does during the show as he usually is by himself. He is constantly fidgeting with one of three items. He has his Mariner's baseball that he thinks is cool that Luke told him isn't cool. Uh, some silly putty and a fidget spinner that he is constantly playing with. So uh, are we fidgeters? Meredith, do you fidget while you record? I- I fidget in a very specific way, and I do this, I've noticed when I'm recording and when I'm a passenger in a car on a long ride, is I I groom my cuticles obsessively. Like, I don't necessarily care about my nails, but it's something I can do that's silent, and that probably needs to be done anyway because my hands are ashy. And so I'll reapply lotion, I will rub cream into my cuticles, I will mess with my nails, um, and I do that in the car too. So that's what I'm doing right now. Not a fidgeter over here. Not a fidgeter. I have the NFL network on, and while you guys are yammering on, I just watch the NFL network. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you have that lifeline. (laughs) I know. Got to keep the patriarchy going. Keep yourself entertained somehow. (laughs) I have a little, what are these called? Gear ties? They're like um, super twist ties that you would use to wrap up cables. And such. I just have one that my mother gave me somewhere and I've twisted it into a spiral and then I just like roll it back and forth over the desk and play with it. I think fidgeting is more common than I thought at this point. Like it sounds like almost everyone does something. I think so. I don't know. I could I could not fidget if I made my mind up not to do it, but I don't see why not. 
It's not hurting. I got to do something <laughs> while Mike's droning on about being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. Uh, then they go to a Seattle words quiz. Apparently, there were a couple of different kinds of quizzes that Andrew was considering doing. I kind of wish that he would have done the other one because this one was real boring for somebody who uh, does not live in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they talked about a lot of stuff that I could either easily figure out what that was from context or that wasn't really specific to Seattle. There were a couple that were definitely, I didn't know what they were talking about. But other than that, I was very underwhelmed. Well, I do know they were talking about, at some point, someone wrote in and said that University Place was in Tacoma. And somebody said that it was a neighborhood near uh, Stilicum. And, and, but they pronounced it Stilicum, and were convinced that was the way. So they compounded their misplacing of university place without with yeah, not being able to pronounce the adjoining neighborhood you know every time andrew says that um when he lived in new hampshire you could tell people that weren't there because they said concord instead of concord new hampshire i'm mm-hmm. like i've always said yeah. it as concord and i've never been to new hampshire so i don't understand why that's such a big <laughs> indicator that you don't know well, i think i think it is about. a huge indicator though Anne. It's of people, I mean, you could fly under the radar, but if you were there and you said Concord, you know, you'd, you're, you're fucked. You're, you're an outsider, you know, you, you could figure it out. Like, like, you know, when I moved up to Seattle with my, my first wife, um, she figured out how to say stuff. So she didn't embarrass mm-hmm. herself at her job. You know, she figured out how to say Puyallup and Snohomish and Suquamish and all that bullshit, Stillicum. Because she was soliciting money for a college and didn't want to be didn't want to be that asshole. Uh, well, I'm not gonna lie, Puyallup, that is buck wild, people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. There are several tells in Detroit because Detroit was settled by the French, and mm-hmm. so there are tons of street names that are insane and make no sense. Like um, Grashit is one that never gave me a hard time, but I ran into somebody the other day who's like, oh, is that how you say it? Because it's spelled G-R-A-T-I-O-T. Wow. Um, so Grashit. And then there's um, Kaju and there's um, Losher, which is spelled, so it's pronounced Losher, but it's spelled L-A-H-S-E-R. So there's no reason for their for that S-H sound to be in there because it's H-S. Mm-hmm. They losher, and if anyone says losser, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, I beat I beat everyone in this conversation with Manchak, so <laughs> yeah, you do. But I don't I yeah. don't understand why we have to feel superior about it anyway. Like <laughs> you don't know how to say oh, it. Totally, <laughs> everybody has to feel superior to someone else. It's important. But it's every place that you live has these things. I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's just whatever. It's that weird thing about taking pride in the place where you were born. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but you have to be proud you of it. You hit the lotto. You were born in the United States. Just be happy with that. Yeah. And you have to make other people feel stupid because they don't come from the same place that you come from. Great job, guys. Let's not have quizzes like this anymore because I think they are just an exercise in self-satisfaction for people. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Facebook quizzes that are an exercise in self-satisfaction. Yeah, I was going to say there are n- the rise of the rise of listicles and especially hyper local ones have fueled this as a thing because it'll be like, you know, I see tons of these, you know, you're from Michigan when you can say grash it, mm-hmm. right? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like and your people are so proud of themselves and like, look, I did it. I'm like, okay, good job. If I don't take internet quizzes, how am I going to know if, if I'm a puffin stuff or a 
gray beard or whatever those things are. That's different. That's important. That's a good point. But I, as your Facebook friend, I love you, but I don't need updates on how your vocabulary is better than 98% of the people in this country. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Really don't. Take the quiz for yourself, but don't share the results on Facebook. It's when you share the results that you're getting into some weird emotional territory, guys. But by that, she means you're an asshole. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Uh, the other thing that we learned from this quiz uh, is that Seattleites cannot use escalators or fast lanes properly. Again, True. guys, that is not specific to Seattle. That's everywhere it, it, in the goddamn world. It's true, world. but it may not be specific. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I made a note of that the first time I was there, though. I was amazed at how little people cared about what lane they were in. <laughs> it was incredible how everyone was going one mile under the speed limit at all times, even in the fast lane. It made my head almost explode. Well, that's another thing that they can be proud of and that the rest of us can I guess scorn so. them for, I guess. They didn't bring up people movers, too. If you're on one of those people movers at the airport... And you're you're in Seattle or whatever, yeah. Just feel free to stand right in the middle because that's what everyone else is doing. And then what <laughs> I do when I come up behind them is I say, "Excuse me," politely and loudly, and they move. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. And if they don't move, in. I'm taking them down. Nice. Um, moving on, there's a story about the Jamaican women's bobsled slash bobsleigh team. And they demoted the coach without warning or reason. And so she is taking her bobsleigh and going home. And now we don't know what's going to happen. Did we find out how that played out? I did not watch any bobsledding if it has already happened. I am. I have no idea. I don't know at all, but I'll find out. But I'm sure what happened. I'm going to say this with a lot of confidence. Someone let them borrow their sleigh, slash sled, mm-hmm. and they finished last, which they were going to do anyway because they were the Jamaican women's bobsleigh team. So it's not going to matter. You know, they weren't going to be a medal contender. They were going to finish last. So they finished last by three seconds instead of two. What I took from this is that this is real and not cool runnings. Like, I thought for sure that... A Jamaican bobsled team was fiction. <laughs> no, no, that was a, that was based on a true story. The the cool okay. runners, which I've never seen, by the way, a sports movie that I don't mean. I liked it. I'm sure it was a wonderful movie, but I'm not very interested in in bobsleigh culture <laughs> or John Candy movies. That was a John Candy movie, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I hope everything worked out for them, but I'm quite sure that you're right, Mike. Then we move on to Iraq vanity phone numbers. Can I just interrupt myself here and say, it is amazing how much content you can get to when Luke's not on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently in Iraq, you can buy a really cool phone number for a lot of money if you want to get one that has a repeating number of digits, or I expect you can spell things too although you can spell things Mm -hmm. here i'm not sure why that's cool but uh they are a status symbol the way that certain area codes have been a status symbol and um if that's what makes you feel good about yourself then you spend that ten (laughs) thousand dollars i guess well not too long ago it was pretty important especially if you're opening a business 
to have a good phone number. Like, you know, we opened up 40 some Papa John's pizza restaurants and our phone numbers were pretty important because you get like the magnets, the fridge magnets for people and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you want as many consecutive digits as you can get. And I would work with the phone companies before we open up any of these shops and they would for free on the phone with you go, you know, they would search for all the numbers that you're asking for. And I would always be asking for consecutive digits. Like our written Highland store was seven, nine, three, seven, 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 seven. Cause you only mm-hmm. want people to have to remember a few numbers, you know? Right. Cause so, that or they, if you could get like just, a one, two, one, two kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, seven, two, seven, two, I think is Papa. And so that was kind of the preferred one. <laughs> Um, I feel like this is really important for pizza companies and cabs Yep. Um, because drunk people have to be able to remember <laughs> exactly. a number to call a cab exactly. if you don't have Uber or Lyft. And I, I know for me, when I was uh, younger, I only ordered from this one specific pizza hut because that's whose number I remember. Yeah. This is, of Wait, course, four eight 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 eight. Wasn't that Pizza Hut's number yeah. for a while? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you... It is. It's huge. It's it's huge in that industry and so huge to the point where when I found out one of the other pizza places in our area was about to close, uh, they were just out of money. They weren't paying their vendors. And, and I, I went in and, and I said, um, I'll give you $1,000 for your phone number. And then I forwarded it to us. So the people were calling them for pizza would just get us and, and just they just, Sneaky. well, I, I need pizza. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and order from these assholes. So I can't imagine this being, I mean, it makes lots of sense for a business, but for a, hu- a personal human being, what on earth difference does it, it make? It is weird. It is weird. I'm not going to give my cell phone number, but I have one that is often complimented by people. They're like, oh, that's a cool <laughs> one. That's easy to remember. I'm like, thank you. I did nothing, absolutely nothing to get this number. Uh-huh. Like, that's just the one that T-Mobile assigned me ages ago. And I've kept it through, you know, through the years and the service providers. But it is pretty easy to remember. So I guess that's good but i would in no universe pay ten thousand dollars for this number mm-hmm. i have diet coke to buy I'd rather spend my ten thousand dollars on that mm-hmm. <laughs> rather spend my ten thousand dollars on almost anything than on a custom vanity yeah. phone number well moving on in taylor swift news she's being sued by a couple of guys who wrote a song for 3lw who i'd forgotten about entirely uh accusing her of stealing some lyrics or lyric thematic material for shake it off but the judge put a a massive burn on taylor while ruling in her favor saying that players gonna play and haters gonna hate is quote without a modicum of originality unquote (laughs) now if she'd said players gonna hate and haters gonna play you know right then then you really said something I still don't understand why we're so interested in music rights and copyright infringement on this show. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, Andrew is super embarrassed about yesterday's stop down, uh, unintentional stop down, and he spends quite a while talking with Nick and Hannah about it, who are similarly horrified as people who are journalists slash radio slash media types that that's just terrible and it's not as andrew says that they said anything that was unfortunate it's just the idea that you put something out into the world that you didn't intend to put there um uh, and then we get an email about the ll bean return policy again from somebody whose name i didn't write down who said that 
Uh, L.L. Bean has spent two. <laughs> I wrote two hundred fifty dollars. That would be two hundred fifty million dollars over five years replacing merchandise that they categorized as destroyable. So that's a significant part of their a significant part of their earnings, I guess, is being eaten up over this generous return policy. And that's one of the reasons they ended it. And then he talked about how he had a lot of LLB and stuff, but he, he never returned it. But his brothers used to steal his clothes and return them for cash when they needed money, which was a dick move. Yeah. And that gets us a little bit into the idea of returning things as a scam for cash. And that's why I think all stores at this point have gone to a policy of no receipt, no refund. That's just the way it is. I remember lots of stores when I was a kid who were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll return it for you. And now you mm, 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 no, no receipt, no money because we blew it as yep. a society. Yep. Yeah, we've ruined Too it. Too many things. People like this emailer's brothers just wrecked it for the rest of us so thanks a lot and that'll do it for thursday friday 2578 dominate the fa luke has missed a flight i can't wait to hear this story because you know i'm always rooting against luke and <laughs> at the airport when he's trying to hack the system so. i don't understand how this worked because he has many times done the show on the phone from an airport or the back of a car or something and he was not doing yeah. a work thing he they were in palm springs for a couple of days and they were just coming home so i don't understand why the travel delays meant that he couldn't record the show at all although i'm sure that'll be explained in great detail on monday we'll find out yeah, yeah. my my biggest hope is that he did something stupid and then carrie's really mad at him about it and they missed the flight That's, <laughs> maybe that he crashed through the palm springs airport um Sports on a skateboard? On a skateboard. <laughs> on a skateboard, Maybe. yeah. You mean your dreams finally came true? <laughs> yeah, my dreams finally came true. <laughs> so Andrew is solo, and his idea for the show is to to go through 100 messages uh, from the anniversary when people couldn't get through. Unpreviewed, he wants to go through these messages. I got a sinking feeling when, when he said this. But then I yeah. looked at the running time, and I'm like, there's no way he did it. Um, so. I got to say... Not the worst idea for a solo show ever. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. It could have been real bad, but it turned out kind of interesting. Actual content, you know, good or bad during the show. He took a show risk. Is, is, yeah. So uh, before he gets to that, he calls Stubot, uh, which leads to um, talk about why Luke's not there. Maybe he's one of the Russian agents that, that was in, indicted. And Makes that's sense. why he's not available. Yeah. 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 Um, Genevieve is into MGTOW. <laughs> what is this again? Uh, yuck. Men going their own way. It's horrible. Men going their own way. Oh, yeah. These are guys. These are guys who the ladies aren't they into. They don't need women at all because we're, they think that we're actually inherently evil. They think we're messed up and bad and wrong at all times. Yeah, but we still want to get with you. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Who's going to do the These laundry? Guys are going their own way. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. These sound like some great fellas. These sound like really fantastic fellas. We don't really want anything to do with them either, so that's fine. They can go their own Absolutely. way. Absolutely. <laughs> they review Stu's uh, drunken call or when they called him during the anniversary, on which he didn't sound drunk at all. But I think Stu might be one of those guys who doesn't really sound drunk, but he he doesn't 
he wasn't able to organize his thoughts, so he didn't want to say anything. Because I think that call was really short and his answers were short because he was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to say what I want to say because I'm too drunk. So he didn't come off Mm -hmm. as drunk, but he also came off as someone who wasn't going to be able to have a conversation. So um, his uh, Minnesota Super Bowl article is discussed. It did get ripped off and put up without his byline on it for a while and on the on the TV station they didn't they didn't call him Steve Newman they called him a local brewery copy, copywriter <laughs> Come on guys And Come they didn't they did an article about it in I think it was in the Star Tribune the newspaper here but they referred to him as Stephen Newman Newman spelled differently so they got both of his oh. names wrong Yeah that's the state of journalism in 2018 you just, That's too bad. The batting average is very low on any details. All right. So they get off the call with Stu and um, the calls start to be played. It sounded to me like he did some previewing because the levels were good and 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 the calls were coherent and he d- didn't get any, you know, any of the ones where where someone's just on the line and it's just the phone is sitting there in their car and they just haven't hung it up. So it sounds better than I thought it was going to be. Two two ladies are are irritated about not getting through. And then uh, Andrew, Andrew, he, someone calls about a purge situation. What would Andrew do in a purge situation? And Andrew, for some reason, tries to turn it into a purge situation, which is not a thing. (laughs) Nope. And of course, Andrew's not going to kill anyone. So that was not the no. best question for Andrew. Luke might have given an answer. I scared. Right. I think we all know in a purge situation, we all know who we're going after, right? We all know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to ever do it. I hope nobody does it ever. But if it were a purge situation, I think we'd be lining up. Okay. It's the weak animal in the pack is what you got to go after, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The orangest animal in the pack. All right. Um <laughs> Uh, there's a there's talk of the birthday shout out segment. Um, someone someone asks about that. Then uh, he plays the email frenzy, and uh, Erica says that the actual School of Rock predates the film. That doesn't um, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-mm. Someone Chris uh, says that that uh, he had he grew up having JoJo's somewhere other than Seattle, and JoJo's to me are not potato wedges. They are full on round and you get them at Shakey's Pizza, but I'm not mm. a JoJo's aficionado, so I don't... JoJo's to me are the Oreo knockoff that you get at Trader Joe's. Yeah, yes, come on. exactly. <laughs> but everything predates that. All the potato stuff predates the Trader Joe's, JoJo's. Those are delicious, I just, by the way. I, I feel like when those were invented, we reset the clock to zero and all previous JoJo history <laughs> was erased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It should have been anyway. Good point. Um... Marissa writes in and uh, she wants uh, she wants to go to Dream Court over her TBTL sock dreams. Andrew doesn't like fancy socks. Um, I'm not interested in sock talk because I have no need of them. <laughs> I love goofy socks, so there. I don't think I was ever into goofy socks, but I don't care if you have them. That's well, good. it's it's like Meredith. You were saying about your wardrobe: black and gray and white mm-hmm. and. When you have a pouring wardrobe, then, you know, that's when you get 
goofy socks or maybe red underwear. I don't have any red underwear, but I'm just as an example, you could have red underwear or goofy socks. To say, yes, I am a person and not an automaton in this world. <laughs> All right. I'm on me undies now. <laughs> I'll get some. Do they some have like underwear. Superman ones? I think you should get Superman underwear. Yeah, I could do it. All right. Uh, there's a there's another Dreamcatcher email from Charlie. And I, I will say, I will use a phrase that uh, that I'm borrowing from Phyllis, who borrowed it from the person who ran her bubble tea uh, shop when she asked for the peanut flavor, which was discontinued. Uh, not popular. So <laughs> That's what not, Mr. Boba said. Not popular. Not popular. <laughs> I'm sure he would say that about someone else's dream talk too. Andrew babbles about some dream he had. Um, there's a voicemail of someone who's shame eating Wendy's in their car. They have uh, Dunkin' Donuts in the passenger seat for a meeting, but she wanted to have a more substantial meal before she took the donuts in. Luke, oh, or Andrew was saying, yeah, you don't want to take fries into a meeting because because um, they're smelly. A lot of people eat fries and burgers yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. meetings. It's not like opening a bag of farts on an airplane, Andrew. <laughs> right. I think it's less about... Uh, upsetting people with the stink as making people want fries when you have the delicious yeah. smelling fries in their face. You have to bring enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. Come on. I will say I did have Wendy's fries not too long ago, and they're not good. They're no. compared with other... No, no, no. Don't bother with Wendy's fries. They're not really worth it. So, Song of the Summers brought up briefly. Andrews has some doubts as whether they're going to do it, but of course they're going to do it. Of, of course. course they will. Well, he has some doubts about whether people like the Song of the Summer, and he doesn't know because he refuses to listen to any actual feedback. I don't have anything against the Song of the Summer itself. I know you're not thrilled, Mike, given that you hate music, but it's not the actual Song of the Summer that I dislike. It's the way they administrate it, I think, is terrible. If if Mm -hmm. they would make some common sense changes to Song of the Summer rules, then I could get behind it for sure. Hmm. Or at least I could not actively hate it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You could bring some more people in the tent is what you're saying. I'll never, my my camel's nose will never get under that tent, but but uh, you and some others might, well, if it's well executed, would get on board. Right. I would stop bitterly complaining about it on this show. And then I think we can all agree that everyone would be happier. Mm-hmm. It would just be me. I'd, I'd be on <laughs> Song of the Summer Hate Island. All right, music for your weekend. Andrew chooses MGMT. I found a whistle. Brittany wrote in and asked for a heart attack by the Tune Yards. Housekeeping. Buy stuff from us. Our merch is at 10710.com slash shop. Archive project is ongoing. If GFL is back on board, come on, support him or her by getting uh, into archiving again. This is how we'll keep this thing up to date and robust. You can go to our Facebook page. It's been pretty active the last week or two. Um, there was a poll up there, and you can still vote, I think, when this comes out. it's it's uh, You can vote on uh, Po Boy or, or Poor Boy, as I said earlier. <laughs> I'm going to eat it in the hot tub. <laughs> in the hot tub. Show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Our voicemail and text line is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-82. Eight five, and with that, Anne, why don't you get a hug? Until next time, this is the next party. Jen, we love you.
Nailed it. <laughs>